The last night Sue was with us, she told me she didn't want to go back to Illinois, but she didn't want to stay in South Carolina either. Can I come to New York to live with you? You can visit me on spring break. How does that sound? Her lower lip trembled. I could be one of your backup singers. You said all I need is a little more confidence. You don't think your father would kill me if I went along with something crazy like that? Not if your mom tells him it's okay. They've got some alternative schools out there. You pick the classes you want, and you get to study uh, acting and music and art instead of all that boring crap. And who's paying for this? Daddy will if Gretchen tells him to. Well, you're going to have to make that sale, toots, because I just don't think it's this pig's going to fly. Don't you want me to come, Neely? Sure I do. On spring break. For a weekend, okay? I just need a little more time to get established. If that's all right with you, <coughs> suddenly I was doubled over from a punch to the gut I never saw. You don't even care what happens to me, do you? You think I'm just a little kid, don't you? I was shocked, mad, and a little frightened. Well, you're sure acting like one. She stared at me, horrified, her shoulders trembling, tears running down her cheeks. Sorry, Neely. Please don't be mad at me. Please. She fell into my arms, sobbing. I patted her back and told her it was okay. But it wasn't. Her fist had so muddled my brain, I could not even think a coherent thought. Sparky and Mom had long since retired. Not that they were ever any help. I waltzed a sobbing Sue to the kitchen table and sat her down. I pulled a jar of peanut butter out of the pantry, dipped in a tablespoon, and waved it in front of her mouth. She opened up to let it in. I pushed the spoon in and out slowly a few times. My head was filled with wicked, unbrotherly thoughts. I was on my way again, but it was 1.30, and I was still five hours away. Another hour into my race against time, I was stopped for speeding near Petersburg. The officer took forever to process me, though I pleaded with him to hurry. He nodded with the look of a weary factory worker as I told him I had to catch an early flight and recounted my assorted misadventures along the way. Realistically, young man, there's just no way. Not if you have to drive into Manhattan first and pick up your ticket and gather up all your equipment. <laughs> You'd be lucky to even make the parking lot before that sucker takes off. Let me give you some advice. Here's what you need to do. Find yourself a motel, get some shut-eye, and then in the morning you can make your travel arrangements. He pointed me to a comfort inn at the next exit. Dejected, I pulled in and got a room. I lay down, but I couldn't sleep. The walls were closing in on me. I was shaking. I was hearing voices. I guzzled coffee and tried to pull myself together. I lay down and flipped on the TV. A slutty girl told me she wanted to hear my deepest secrets. All of them. I clicked the remote. Now there were two girls sitting on the bed. The voices were urging me to get back on the road, but I tore a fingernail as I twisted the shades to look out my window. Two police officers with flashlights were walking around my car, and I was bleeding all over the rug. The voices intensified. You're going to jail, Mr. Nowhere Man. Where you belong. You're going to jail, Mr. Nowhere Man. A lousy stinking loser. Just like your dead old man. And his worthless dead old man before him. 
Your life is over. It seemed the devil himself had me against the wall. He was stinging me with a flaming electric probe, and I was scared out of my mind. I knew if I screamed, the police would kick the door down and arrest me. They'd find the stash in my glove box and put me in prison. I jumped out of bed, turned on the shower, tore my clothes off, and lunged for the water. Please help me, I cried.